You're listening to Sending the Experts with Georgina Durant. This podcast is all about teaching and supporting children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, SEND. My name is Georgina Durant. I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by Twinkle SEND. As a former teacher and Senko myself, I wanted to create a platform to share some of the amazing things that my guests are doing to support learners with SEND. So whether you're listening on your commute, tuning in whilst walking your dog or curled up on the sofa with a nice cup of coffee, thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, I am ridiculously excited to be joined by Lizzie Acker. Lizzie Acker is most well known for being an extremely popular contestant on Channel 4's Great British Bake Off in 2021. She is an amateur baker from Liverpool with a huge personality who proved she has the talent and consistency by reaching the quarterfinals. She's very open about having ADHD, dyslexia and dyspraxia and keen to work to raise awareness of the conditions. Lizzie continues her baking journey and showcases her talent through demonstrations, television, social media, and digital campaigns. Hi, Lizzie. Hi. I imagine everyone says this, but I am genuinely a huge fan of Bake Off, and I've been so excited to speak to you. Um, We watch Bake Off as a family, so what I do is we watch it on catch up the next day with the kids after school, and we all pick like a (laughs) favourite. We all sit around and we decide who we think, and we have to do it in the first five minutes, who's going to be our favourite, and then we see if somebody picks the winning one, and I actually picked you, so my kids are thinking, I am like, I've got major street cred from speaking to you now. (laughs) Oh, I've got it, I didn't win for you then, got (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should have won for me, that would have been good, I could have actually won the challenge. (laughs) Me and my family do the same, we watch it, and then off the first episode, you've got to pick the winner, but we put money behind it, so there's always (gasps) a good jackpot at the end. Oh, maybe um, when the kids are a bit older, we might put money behind it then. Yeah, that would be it's good. Great. I think we've done it with like cake, like the winner gets some cake. But I don't think anyone's actually picked the winning person. And they tend to be a bit sneaky to my kids and like change halfway through who they're going to support. <laughs> oh, we get proper into it. Write it down. Um, the year before I was on it, five people picked Peter. Really? Yeah, it was so strange. Wow. Um, because we were like, how, how did they all know it? Yeah, yeah. Just how can you know from just from your first instinct? Yeah, because we have to do it before they even. I think we do it after the intro, so you know the bit where they go and say who everybody is. We do it after oh, yeah. that, so you really don't know very much about that person and what they're <laughs> going to be like. Oh, so Bake Off. If we could talk about that first, and I'll try and rein in my excitement and caffeine. Um, so, were you a fan of Bake Off before then? Were you yeah, into it? So I've loved Bake Off for years. Um, watch it every year with my family. Obviously, it's this massive competition um yeah i absolutely love everything about it but wasn't you know like um like never used to do like pizza so some people do bake-alongs don't they and bake along yeah. with it i've never done that i've just ad- admired it and obviously loved some of the bakers followed them for ages um and i'm a massive bake-off fan girl like so when i have met bakers i'm like oh my god <laughs> That makes me feel better that I've been a bit like that with you. <laughs> oh, I'm like that with everyone. Like, um, so I'm doing a few food festivals in the summer and uh, Benjamina's going to be there and I love wow. Benjamina. And every, all the bakers from this year are like, you've got to act cool. Don't just fangirl her. You're going to look weird. And I'm like, I'm going to get there, see her and probably scream or cry. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a cuddle. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, so how what do, how do you apply for Bake Off then? What's the actual process? Is it 
how does it go? How did you go about applying? Were you certain from watching it that you were thinking, right, I'm going to apply or did it happen by accident? What happened? Um, no, so it was lockdown, wasn't it? So yeah. we're in lockdown. Um, Bake Off had been on. It got so much attention because everyone was trapped. Um, yeah. And one of my friends is a pastry chef. And oh, he wow. was like, you, you should apply this year. And I was like, as if because I'd only really started picking up loads of bacon again during lockdown, um, oh, wow. and I was just like, yeah, whatevs. And he was like, no, no, you've got to. And then the day before the applications had to be sent off, he texted me and he was like, have you applied? And I was like, no. I was like, I did fill it out. I just haven't sent it. And he was like, if you don't send it, I am gonna apply for you. <laughs> Brilliant. So I was like, fine, I'll send it. Sent it. Didn't expect anything back because I didn't get anyone to check the words, nothing. It's like the first form I've ever filled out and didn't get anyone to check because I thought nothing of it. Um, And then suddenly got a call back. No um, way. And was just like, what is going on? Like, this is So how long long after you sent the application did you get the phone call then? Was it out of the blue? Had you forgotten about it and then you just got a phone call or was it quite soon? Yeah, so I, I was in work and then... It, this unknown number started ringing me. I wouldn't I have thinking, answered. I'd have been like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I got, so the, it went to voicemail. So I've still got the voicemail now, which like, oh. is lovely. Um, yeah, and it was like, oh, this is bloody blah from Bake Off. Could you give us a ring back? And I was like, I just went into shock mode and like got out, got out to one the cars and was like to the lads, Bake Off's just rang me. I've got to no go. Way. <laughs> and then just yeah. went for a little walk. I was just like in this complete little world by myself, like, what's going on? That's amazing. Brilliant. It was crazy. And then after so after that, is that so do you have like a process after that of like them whittling down who they want? How does it work? Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of rounds within the audition process. You no one could go into too much detail because I think they basically keep it pretty much the same every uh, year. Um, yeah. so you could help someone give it out too much, yeah. Yeah. So there's like Prophecy six secret. rounds. And they're all like um, all different, but obviously because we were in the middle of lockdowns and stuff, a lot of ours were done over computer. Um, oh wow! And stuff yeah. like that. Loads of you know like Zoom meetings. You'd you'd finish one Zoom meeting, and then be like, oh, you've just got to do this one, and then it was endless. It was so bizarre. It it was Quite. the weirdest thing ever, but it did not keep me and my family going absolutely what a thing to do in lockdown as well yeah yeah it was the only new thing that was happening so um every time i get through like and they'd say oh here's another um like big zoom call to do we'd have a celebration and we'd be like (laughs) (laughs) so i I didn't expect anything from it i was just happy that i got as far as i did um because i know some people apply so many years on the run and stuff yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, it couldn't have come a better time almost for you all then because it would be, yeah, something to think about, something different to distract you all during lockdown. That's brilliant. It did. Um, and then when you actually, when you were doing it then, because you, your family wouldn't have been able to come with you, would they? You know how in previous years the family have been able to go along and you'd be able to go home and stuff. Were you, were you in a bubble? Yeah, so like a bubble. we filmed in a, in a COVID bubble. So all my family had to isolate the week before I went and yeah. I had to isolate Um and then when we got down there, we had to do COVID tests and all that. Um, there was a point where I was going to take Prue the dog with me. Um, I've seen your dog. I actually follow <laughs> her on social media now. 
<laughs> and when I was doing my when I was doing my research on you, I was like, oh, and she's got a dog. Oh, look at her dog. And then I was like, I've got to follow her on Instagram. So if anyone's listening who um likes, what is she a bed? What's she a bed? Bedlington Terrier. Bedlington. <laughs> You've got to follow Prud- Prudence on um Instagram because she's adorable, isn't she? Yeah, and she's just the biggest um. You know, like um, stress relief that I've got. Yeah. Like walking her and talking to her and stuff like that. So there was one point where I was thinking, like, am I actually going to be able to? Because I really don't cope well with change. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking, am I going to be able to like adjust fast enough and stuff? Should I take her? And then in the end, I was too worried because she is very particular. Um, like <laughs> we're going to look after it to the to her standards. Um, her standards. She, she only drinks out of um porcelain like porcelain or like bowls <laughs> and you've got to say to her prue water prue water oh otherwise she's not gonna drink so oh, it's like a proper princess <laughs> yeah i was thinking they're gonna be like jog on me <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing your celebrity dog with you then <laughs> yeah only drinks out of porcelain cups when she's instructed to yeah <laughs> she's already oh. an instagrammer she doesn't need bake off <laughs> no no <laughs> bless her that's so funny I completely, she's got loads of followers as well hasn't she oh no it was so weird so she, only, she before bake-off she did have like three thousand i think yeah um because i used to go to all like these mad little it, the dog world is such a weird little niche world <laughs> and i used to go out and like meet all these like dog instagrammers and stuff of liverpool <laughs> honestly no it's so strange and, um, and then someone seen her like on Bake Off I think they, they had her up for two minutes and then people found out she had an Instagram and then she just got flooded and I hadn't been on the Instagram since like the start of lockdown one and was like oh wow I'm gonna have to post some stuff yeah need to put some pictures of her now yeah yeah but she's had she's had some PR boxes and everything no way yeah oh she is she loves it she was she was made for the life <laughs> born to be famous eh? yeah so she was left behind then, and then you. So you, who did you leave her with? Um. So she stayed. I currently live at the back of my mum dad's house. Oh, cool. So she just stayed. Stay yeah, they looked yeah. after her. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So then I went down, and um, I think we, you had to commit to six weeks. Right. I think that's how long it took to film everything. But obviously, if you got knocked out, you'd go home the next day. Oh gosh! Um, oh gosh! You're only one day because <laughs> you're yeah. actually there for like a week because it's a week when we're watching it. But yeah, a day—that's yeah. harsh. <laughs> so we we filmed. We had a couple of days at the start with no filming, you know, to do you know like them them photos of the flower and uh, yeah. all that. Get used to practice tent and um everything like that, and then um we filmed two days on, two days off. So it was yeah. really intense. intense. Yeah, it's um, that's why I definitely had that little weird breakdown week two, and yeah. Matt was like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "Watch Harry Potter." And everyone was like, "If she's not serious about bacon, she shouldn't be there." And I was like, "You need to oh, chill no. out." <laughs> oh, so is that like keyboard warriors? <laughs> oh yeah, things like on that. Twitter. Oh, harsh. And I oh. think I was just like, at that point, did because I'd, I'd obviously like would I'm quite obviously got SEN issues and that's what I found hilarious about come like say talk about them and we hate I talked about them before when yeah. I you know was counting biscuits and stuff and they obviously chose not to put in in the uh, edit yeah. um but the amount of people who messaged me was like 
watched it for about 10 minutes and knew you had SEN issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right. Could have done with cool you, like, the start of school when you, like, needed a diagnosis early. <laughs> they can spot it yeah. that easily, but school would miss it. <laughs> Everyone's been on TikTok now for two years. They can diagnose you with yeah. anything. <laughs> Absolutely. All the experts. <laughs> oh, dear. So what was your favourite bit then? What what was the best bit for you of Bake Off? What did you enjoy the most? Um, what that- I enjoyed the most was probably not the filming. Um, it was just the messing about. Um <laughs> that would get up to because obviously it's so compact and it's so um, intense that everyone's on these mad highs and lows to to keep everyone going you know like say like i was down chicks would come and give you like the most amazing hugs and maggie would give pep talks and the like the morale of everyone keeping everyone going and no one was ever everyone's like oh oh don't you want to win? And I was like, sod winning. Like, I'm just <laughs> having a great time. I just want to oh. be here. Like, me and Frey would go and uh, sit on. I had like a little weird patio and we'd go and sit there and drink uh, Marks and Spencer tinnies and <laughs> just just have a good time. Like, have a laugh. Yeah. You seem to get on really well with Noel as well. There was definitely like, um, yeah, you seem to like, bounce off each other. Are you still friends with yeah. him now? I think he's like, the same level as crazy to be honest i think at some point he was looking at me thinking like Where you're a step you ahead <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was that bit the the ostrich yeah the ostrich where you were saying you were like oh you don't like ostriches and it's like oh why as if like there surely can't be a reason and you're like yeah what do you say like it was you were on its back and it was running around or something and he's it, like it ran away what? <laughs> he never yeah. believed anything i said and i'd be like googling because that's, <laughs> that's the thing like i remember random pieces of information and then they obviously come up to you and try and engage and have these random conversations so sometimes i'd be like oh do you know someone's married to the eiffel tower and they'd be like what and i'd be like google it fact checked it because i know it's real and it aims like elsa eiffel or something is that true yeah yeah no way yeah oh i, I used to I come out with loads it. of weird stuff and they'd just be like is she lying? Where's she from? And I'd be like, and I bet they've got to be careful life. as well, like putting it on air. Like if somebody's just coming up with all these random <laughs> lies, <laughs> they don't want to include them in case it's just like what. But yeah, that's really cool. It like it looks so much fun. It like had, had such a laugh. I loved as well when when there was one episode. I think you were wearing like a matching top to Noel as well. Like he oh, was yeah. wearing one with like big smiley faces or something. Weren't you wearing one the same? He's just like, man, it's sad. And no one, so I turned up, that was my first day outfit. Um, Noel's obviously get styled and stuff. And he turned up and he was like, we didn't know. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And everyone was like, why are they the same? And I was just like, and then yeah. I was like, to um, like the behind the scenes people, like, you should tell me what he's going to dress like each week and I'll just, I'll just dress like him. And they were just <laughs> looking at me like, this girl's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant are you still friends with any of the bake-off like people anymore are you still do you still hang out with any of them yeah yeah so we're obviously super close to freya yeah. um she's actually moving in with me um no way yeah so she's gonna move in with me once my house is finished um we went to see chigs about two weekends ago um yeah, yeah so really close to a lot of them still um always on the phone to Amanda and Maggie is like the sweetest it obviously me and Freya done a road trip yeah no I did see I did see on Instagram that there was a few photos of you and Freya 
yeah so yeah we are like super super close it's got to the point now where um, people invite us to events and you're like oh do i have a plus one They're like oh well we invited you and freya are you like sad <laughs> i mean brilliant. it would be a very strange to i feel like we've got like yeah she's got all the vegans on side there yeah. i am eating kfc like she's only That's 20 awesome. as well like she's um wow. she's dead um is a goal orientated you know like she's yeah yeah like really determined yeah yeah awesome oh that's cool and i think the most memorable part of bake off for me and i'm sure everyone talks about this was your incredible cake that you created to like celebrate neurodiversity and all of that and i think it had such an impact on people didn't it could you tell us tell just in case somebody's not watched bake off could you tell us about your cake and what it was like um so it was gluten-free week um and obviously we get these weird briefs and they say stuff like um, it's got to relate back to an aspect of your life it's gluten-free and um, at that point i was like what is gluten-free like <laughs> so i took myself down to asda and then found out that there's like gluten-free soy sauce and i was like i thought soy sauce was just salt um <laughs> so i was trying to think like what how am i gonna link this and then i was thinking well gluten-free people obviously feel different in some way yeah. to the rest of society like must feel a bit marginalized so i was like how am i different i was like i'm different because i've got a load of sen issues so i've always been on that side or you know like taken out of classes to do something else um so i was like i'll, I'll mix them both um and that cake evolved so much it was brilliant um the first time i tried it at home and had letters all over it it looked so messy and I was just like, mm, this just isn't right. And then uh, in the practice tent the day before, it came out horrendous because I just oh, no. I'd ran out of concentration. I was absolutely done. Um, obviously, the group's getting smaller. Frey had gone home. George had just gone home and George used to look after me so much. Oh. Um, like, because so George... Um, works with people with special needs oh really um, wow. so his pod used to be next to mine so the week before i was getting quite stressed over the the tarts yeah. and george would go and get me lemonades from the bar and just be like just have a little 10 minutes and drink a lemonade oh. you know like keep hydrated and yeah he really understood yeah so it was a big loss to lose george and i yeah. was just like this is it I'm done. This is the only cake that I wanted to do and it's going to come out terrible. Oh, no. Um, And then on the day, it it just worked. And then what what you didn't see is like um, Chigs came over and was helping me paint the, the things um, gold because everyone finished so early compared to me. It took me an hour and 40 minutes to pipe that cake. I'm not surprised. It was literally covered <laughs> in different coloured piping, wasn't it? It, was, <laughs> it looked incredible. Oh, oh um, I was amazed. And it, it when when you're there, you don't really. Um, I think everything happens so fast. You don't really take anything in. So you know when Paul and Prue come over and talk to you, you're just kind of like going like through the through the motions, yeah. thinking go away so I can finish my cake. <laughs> <laughs> And so you get that feeling sometimes when you're watching the contestants, they seem to come at like the most stressful part and people are just like, just, ah, just leave me alone. Yeah. And I, so I remember that day, I, they hated the fact that I used food colour and everything. Paul Hollywood <laughs> hates food colour. So, Does he? Yeah. Um, so 
I had all these bowls filled of all these different coloured waters <laughs> and seeing them walking over, and I was thinking this is the worst, the worst <laughs> part that they could have walked over because he's going to instantly be like, look at all that colour, what's this girl doing again? Um, and um, they were like, oh, you know, you've just got to concentrate and all this, and Twitter went mental um, because Twitter was like, how can you tell someone to concentrate yeah. after they've just said got ADHD yeah. and a concentration disorder. Um, so it it was hilarious to watch it back and then see social media. Yeah, and see I the think, response they got. Yeah, it, it got the most positive response out of any Bake Off post, I think, on no way. their social media. I'm not medias. surprised, to be honest. It was incredible. And the message it gave out. And it wasn't it like Kira Knightley said that she like bawled when she saw it because of her yeah. own dyslexia diagnosis, which that must have been like, what? Did you have any idea that it would have such an impact on people when you were doing no, it? Did... I, d- I didn't think it would at all because um, I think the thing with having SEN issues is when you get diagnosed and stuff, you feel like it's just you, don't you? Yeah, and obviously you sometimes go to like a like special departments, and there's like five or six kids, and you think like, oh, I'm just like one of a few, but like one, it's like one in seven people is neurodiverse. Um, there's so many, and I think it's just people don't openly speak about it, so the outreach was there because people don't see it on on telly. No. It was spoken about, and it was, I'm think it's a really positive thing to be neurodiverse i don't see it as a like any sort of disability like i think it's like it's just a different way of thinking and it makes you think outside the box and you can think all these like great magical things that some people can't think um yeah and come up with ideas like that so i think it's a positive so i think it was a shock for people to see it spoken about positively to yeah. see it on a like an eight o'clock slot yeah on definitely. a major channel um and i think people were just like it the outreach was like absolutely amazing it was it was lovely yeah oh it's absolutely brilliant when you were growing up was did you ever see anybody in the media who had like special educational needs was there any role models you had because i looking back i think there's been quite a big change recently in terms of the media like portraying people positively but i can't think back of anyone really being positively portrayed like when I was younger. I don't know about you. Was no, there anyone? So I remember in my dyslexic unit on the wall it was like people who had um SEN issues and um, it was Whoopi Goldberg and Einstein. Yeah. So not really relatable sort of No, yeah. not at all. Like you can't and you can't imagine them having a life and how they do certain tasks and yeah. I think that's what was really good about Bake Off as well because it's yeah. such a intense task orientated thing to see um someone with ADHD on there. Yeah. People absolutely. are like Oh wow, um, oh you can. Yeah. Can focus for that long because people seem to think that we're like hyper squirrels, like just <laughs> go mental, like they're not gonna be able to cut a concentrate for four hours. Um Yeah. So it's I think because sometimes it can work, I think, like where you can sort of hyper focus in some ways, can't you? So like you can get really, really focused. It's sort of the opposite way. Is that more for you then? Are you more, do you find it that um, way? I think it was a bake off set and was really good because obviously there's no distractions. Yeah. If I'm a who, I'm a bit of a flitter sometimes. So like, yeah, I'll go out, walk the dog and come back and start. But bake off, you're stuck there. You can't yeah. do anything else. Um. So for me on bake off, what was a major thing was I limited myself to doing one task at a time. Yeah. 
because I knew I'd get really overwhelmed and start not doing everything correct. Yeah. So um, that's why I used to, like, when we used to watch it back, my mum used to be like, you don't move. And I'd be stood there staring and jam for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> and everyone else is running around. And I'm just like, do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> staring my jam. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. So that was the sort of coping strategy that presumably you've learned through, like, childhood. And, yeah, and you yeah. And used it at Bake Off. So sort of giving yourself set tasks and not doing too much at once, not sort of multitasking, I suppose. Yeah definitely um because that, that was the thing it was just um finding my own way through it that yeah. i could kind did, of cope with did they put in any sort of special adjustments to help you um so there was if i couldn't read anything that they were gonna one of the producers would read for me because i was yeah. dead worried about the technical challenge oh yeah of course. Um, obviously the instructions um i had um dyslexic dyslexic friendly font and all my writing was in a bigger size yeah. and had more spacing um so i had that put in place um which was hilarious because um when it when like you speak to a psychologist and they ask you you know like whether anything needs to be put in place and i said all that and then when yeah. i was speaking to production staff they were like oh the year before um so Dave had his um technicals in a certain font and there was major on the internet because it was like in written like Cabrio or something. And it was like it like it's so weird people like stop and zoom in to see what font yeah, you use. That is, wow. Who's that bothered? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so when you were at school, what what was school like for you? Was was it a pleasant experience with special education needs or was it was it challenging what was it like um it was definitely challenging um i think because i am quite easy breezy um mm-hmm. i did i could mask a lot of things yeah and some of things like i just like pretended like never had an effect on me but yeah obviously did down. yeah and then um so i went to a couple of different schools mm-hmm. um and then my sixth form was like an old private school. Okay. And they didn't really recognise SEN as right. a thing. Um, so I went to, to that sixth form. That's when I struggled the most. Um, because all the girls there um, had to do tests to get in and stuff. So they were all super clever. Yeah. And then they had this um, one room at the top of the school um, for SEN that I'd visit and it was like being the hunchback of Dr. John like oh, hidden away yeah um, it's not very inclusive <laughs> I was there for three weeks and they asked me to drop down to two A levels um yeah. because they didn't think I'd be able to achieve three um just stuff like that and obviously yeah. it, you're getting used to a new school they're asking yeah. you to do that it's, it, it chips away at you yeah so then um I turned a lot to bacon during six four and I made everyone's 18th birthday cake. No way. Um, yeah, because it was I. the only way I got, like, positive feedback yeah. while I was there. People would be like, oh, this is amazing. Um, yeah. It was because it was an old private school. They had, like, um, head girls and all that. So the birthday cake I made for the head girl. I got all the head teachers to sign. Wow. Like, they were all out there, birthday cakes. I made the prom cake and... 
um, the school symbol was forget me not. So I had to forget forget me not for every student in in oh, sixth wow. form. But yeah, that um, makes sense that you wanted to do it. Like that would be your your way of getting some positive feedback. And yeah, I can yeah. totally see so that. So I think like that's that's where I gathered a lot of my skills between like that age because that in that school that was the only way I was getting like really yeah. positive feedback. Yeah, no, that makes sense. When so when were you diagnosed? Was that at primary school then? Yeah, yeah. So I was first diagnosed with dyslexia while I was in primary school. Yeah. Um, had the oh, she's just lazy. Um, oh. back yeah. a couple of times. Um, I had a teacher that tried to explain dyslexia that was like, uh, everyone's got light bulbs in the head, and some of yours just don't work. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> oh no, that is awful. Is honestly At primary like, school as well. Was that yeah? That's the sort um, of well, obviously it stuck with you. I was going to say it's the sort of thing, isn't it, that sticks with you and. Oh my goodness! Uh, then that is horrendous. I luckily found like a dyslexic unit outside the school, um, with an amazing woman called Michelle Pendleton, yeah. um, and I went there from eight to twenty-two. Oh, she wow. done all my uni work, um, everything. I used to go see her between two and four times a week. Probably wow. my dad had to like remortgage his house to send me. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Um, it was amazing. She like helped me so much. So uh, is that like private tuition then, sort of after school? Yeah, private you? tuition tailored towards SEN children. Brilliant. Um, so while I was there, I met other SEN um, kids yeah. because I don't think there was actually, there was only me in my primary school yeah. at that time. Um, so it was amazing to like meet kids, um, be able to learn off them as well. Yeah. Um, and just... <laughs> feel like you weren't the only one struggling yeah absolutely that must have made a huge difference just to know you're not alone and not the only one it yeah like i think that's a really great. supportive family as well the fact that they've, they've paid for you to do all of that after school and yeah yeah so i think that's where i got like so much confidence about yeah and surrounding sem because that's where i learned it was a positive thing so i think that bubbled me quite a lot during secondary school because yeah. during secondary school i was told like um by the French teacher, I wasn't allowed to French GCSE because I couldn't speak English. So what? there was no point me learning French. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so oh, it's these comments as well. Like it's really the teacher probably doesn't even remember saying it, but you will remember that forever. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like the light bulb comment. It's it, they stick with you, don't they? Harsh comments yeah. like that. It's not okay. Oh. It is. It is mental. And then the. I done a drama GCSE and in, instead they were like, oh, because you're not doing French, you do drama now, and I was just like, um, it. I think it is crazy, but I do feel like it's changed so much. Yeah. Because I think it's it um it's constantly evolving. Like when I was in school, neurodiversity was definitely wasn't aware that no. I don't think like I'd I never heard, heard it. it. No. Um. So. I do think it's constantly changing. I think there's different tiers of things across the world. I've done a couple of podcasts with um, Americans and they call uh, ASD. Yeah, and they call ADHD, like, like ADD, don't they, or something? Yeah. Right as well, yeah. Um, so I just think it's it's all, it's, a, it's a learning process for everyone. I just don't think schools and teachers were as clued up yeah. back then. Yeah, 
I'm caught up now. So what would your advice be for teachers? Because there'll be lots of teachers listening to this and like Senkos and like head teachers. What would your advice be for like strategies or helping children like yourself when you were a child um, with like dyslexia and dyspraxia and ADHD? What would you wish they'd have done more of? Um, I wish that there probably would have been like more informal conversations about like the help I needed. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Um asking whether you're actually comfortable, you know, for mm-hmm. like a special needs assistant to follow you around. Yeah. Because sometimes that is it's helpful. It's not what you want. No, especially you know, when you're in secondary, when you're a teenager, it's yeah. Yeah. It makes you, it sometimes makes you stand out a bit more. People yeah. are like, Why have you got that? Are you stupid? And you're like, Oh um yeah. at one point I wore the glasses the you know stop the words so do yeah, dark so green the lenses the coloured lens um, in them. and then I had pink Versace frames because obviously um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we don't need anything else to help help us stand out we stand yeah. out enough <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes we want to blend in and maybe that's there should be pre conversations like do you want support before you come into class so while you're in class you know what's going on already. Yeah. You can keep up or support afterwards. So the room's not constantly stopping so you you can keep up. Yeah. No, that yeah, just helping you sort of blend in more and having those like informal chats beforehand and asking, do you want your teaching assistant to be with you all the time or do you want them just to check in with you every so often and look like they're supporting the whole class and not just you? I suppose yeah. it'd be helpful. And then just, yeah, do you want us to go through what we're going to be covering before the lesson? Yeah. It's sort of bringing in the child into the conversations, isn't it, that the adults are having and sort of, yeah, making them have a bit more control over it. That's, really that's it. Advice. A lot of people make decisions about your education without you being yeah. involved and they limit you to what they think you can achieve without asking yeah. you sometimes. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's, yeah, it's like having the child in mind, actually thinking about the child, isn't it? And and getting their opinion included because it's, it's their education. Yeah. That's a really good it point. Is. I like that. The, I, vis- I visited an amazing um, neurodiverse school the other day in um, Heighton. Oh, I forgot the name now begins with a it was totally catered towards neurodiverse diverse children it was Brilliant. they had sensory rooms chill out zones small classes it was wow. like i went there and i was just like wow this is amazing because the i got invited there because my old form tutor from school had moved there and oh, he was cool. like um he was like yeah like for like the first couple of years of school i didn't even know you had like all these issues he yeah. was like you just used to mask it really well and i was like yeah like yeah and that that's the thing like you're struggling so much but you're trying to be so normal sometimes so. yeah but then it makes it harder because no one notices and yeah and then they don't get the yeah. help you need but you don't want the help it's it's a minefield isn't it so is that something you're doing now then are you going to schools and and yeah so yeah. i try and visit as many like local schools as i can because uh, i'm still working full time um so um Every other Friday, I have a day off and visit to the school this Friday. Because um, I just think it's nice. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I find it dead positive. I think it's quite positive for the kids to do something fun yeah, in yeah, school definitely. as well. Um, and then I go to a place called Strawberry Fields a lot, which yeah. is a, a scheme set up by the Salvation Army to help people with neurodiversity that can't 
um, or have struggled to get jobs between 19 and 25. It's like Brilliant. a year scheme that yeah. um, provides some skills to get jobs. That's fantastic. It's an amazing place. Um, so they do like six weeks training in class and then they, in Strawberry Fields itself, they've got a cafe, a visitor's experience and stuff. Yeah. Where they, they then put them out for training for eight weeks and then they find them training for 12 weeks in cafes and places around the local community. That's brilliant. So you can sort of have a go at, at the jobs sort of in a more safe area within, within this sort of this setting. And then yeah. you, when you build your skills up, you can then go off and hopefully, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. amazing because um, they have a lot of uh, autistic students mm-hmm. there. Um, and at the end of the six weeks, they do a presentation and they've got to give a four minute speech. And wow. I there's like a four minute speech for anyone is a lot. Yeah, a four minute speech for people who struggle with eye contact and stuff like that standing up in front of people like that's asking them like for the world and every one of them got up and done it and it was absolutely amazing and then the best part was they got me up at the end to give everyone certificates and I couldn't read anyone's name and I was like oh that's that's good though isn't it because it's showing that you know what I mean it's 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 good it's showing you're a role model you're showing people that you find things difficult as well and you you're the same do you know what I mean it's yeah yeah it's because I just yeah I yeah, it was it was hilarious, but I I love that place. I love it so much. Um, yeah. And then when I go into schools, I just like um, ice cupcakes. Teach different icing methods. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, which is also um, amazing to see, like how everyone deals with the different textures of food, because food is yeah. like a whole thing as well yeah, when you're neurodiverse. Yeah, um, the sensory aspect as well of it. Yeah, yeah. Who can touch egg whites? Who can't? Like. Yeah. Um, the noises of the mixers, everything. Um, Is that prudence we can hear? Yeah. <laughs> that was him running down bottom. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. So, so what, what's your future then, Lizzie? What do you want to do? What's your aim? Oh, you're not sure? Um, that's it. I'm just not sure. Um, at the minute, I'd love to write a cookbook for um, ah. neurodiverse like, people. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome. Just because I find cookbooks a bit hard. Yeah. A lot of them are on white paper. Um, If they haven't got a photo, I'm not making it. Yeah, Um, that's such a good point. So, like, having visuals, having, like, bigger text, bigger spacing, nice font, that sort of stuff, and background colour. Yeah. Yeah, And just, like, different methods as well. Um, Because I think we've all got to remember that beacon is just a bit of fun, to be honest. And all these rules and gatekeeping things, like, just shouldn't be a thing, like... Yeah. Some people struggle like um with like like I do coordination and stuff. So lining a cake tin is a nightmare. Oh, of course, yeah. There's so much more easier ways. Like you can instead of lining it with strips and making sure everything's the size, and you can just get a massive piece of baking paper, stick it under some water so it's damp, crumple it, dry it out a bit, and fit it perfect. It just takes no it way. Straight. I'm gonna steal that myself when I next bake a cake. Yeah. That's a brilliant suggestion. Yeah, you need to get these in a book. That would be, yeah, it's like tips like that that are so useful, aren't they? Yeah, there's ways around stuff that we don't don't need to stick to the norms because why? Yeah, if it doesn't work for everybody, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I just don't think think it's a thing that's actually enforced about. I think bacon is something that's really gatekeeped and it's really like, no, you make a cake this way and this is why you do it. And at the end of the day, it's not fun. You just want to get in there, don't you? 
yeah. colour some ice and then go a bit crazy. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it, it is, you're right. When you look at the like baking instructions, the recipes, they're always like, you need to put your oven on first, you need to do this. Then you, whilst this is happening, you need to do this. And that can be really tra- challenging, I imagine, if you've got to be multitasking, thinking, right, have I done that? And then I've got to do this at the same time. And yeah. Yeah. And even like, you know, like when it says chill for two hours, as a kid, I really struggled to, how am I going to divert for this task for two hours and then come back to it? Yeah. So there should be suggestions, like in two hours, you could watch a film, you could yeah. walk your dog, come back. Like that's that's a two hour gap. Like there needs to be stuff that's like, okay, so that that is what two hours looks like. So I can... Yeah, because a lot of, yeah, it's like a presumed knowledge for kids, isn't it? But kids don't understand time. Like time's really a really challenging aspect for a lot of children, isn't it? Like two hours, yeah. my kids will say to me, like, how long's that? And I'm like, it's the length of a so-and-so episode on the TV or something. Because it's really hard to imagine how long something's going to be. So yeah, that's a yeah, really good really, suggestion. It's it's really hard to, I definitely feel like it's it's something that should be there. It should be on the market, like one in seven mm-hmm. people. Why, yeah. why are we being ignored? Absolutely. Like, Oh, I do that. That sounds brilliant. Yes. So, yeah. So that's your future then. Hopefully, hopefully, write this book. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. and then just just do more nice charity stuff. That's what. Yeah. That's what makes me happy. Like going to schools. The last school I went into, they were like, "Why? Why don't you train to be a teacher?" And I was like, "Well, oh, I do not want all that all that work." <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I'm happy coming in, messing up a classroom, and then going home. <laughs> Spreading a bit of icing around. <laughs> having a chat to the kids and then leaving it all to you (laughs) yeah brilliant how can people find you on social media then what what are links can you give us um so lizzieacker underscore on instagram and lizzieacker bakes on tiktok um tiktok's a bit more fun that's yeah i'm not on tiktok we are as uh, we do emily who works on our like twinkle send team is brilliant and she's on tiktok but i'm not i'm not on there yet so you'd recommend tiktok then oh it's it's so much more fun um and not every video has to be serious like some videos me and freya just dance brilliant it's just sort of fun to do um but yeah and then every week on instagram me and freya do something we haven't done that's our challenge this year um and we've got up to loads of weird stuff so far and what have you think, done um so we've been and played squash oh god um, squash is hard. Been, yeah we went to oxford and rode with the harford oxford team um <laughs> rid rid a tandem um yeah we've went when we went to lesser with chicks a couple of weeks ago we went um like rock climbing up walls oh wow um just to like try and get out then because we've all been locked away for two years yeah. i think we've missed. missed a lot yeah and i think we should start doing more random stuff yeah sounds fun yeah just living enjoying it yeah <laughs> just trying things so we'd go and try random things and do stuff together and then put it on instagram every week <laughs> brilliant i'm gonna have a look after this <laughs> And if anyone wants to follow your wonderful dog as well, how can they find Prudence on Instagram? Oh, Prudence the Betty on Instagram. <laughs> I need to start posting more stuff. She, d- yeah, she gets up to some funny things. Uh, we do Aww. every Christmas. We normally do a photo shoot. Um, because <laughs> do I'm dress her up. we make Christmas cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one year we controvent- controversially went as a uh, baby Jesus and Mary. Oh. <laughs> 
Or did it, that go it, down? Did it go down all right? Or? Well, all, all my all my friends that are quite religious, like really found it hilarious. And I was like, this is sound then. That's okay. <laughs> Test it out of them first. Brilliant. This is all right. Um, but yeah, so we, we do some nice stuff and go to dog friendly places. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Oh, you've been such an amazing guest. I've been so excited. I feel like I've just chilled, just about chilled out from my excitement of seeing you at the start. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us oh thanks for having me how brilliant was she so excited that i was able to chat to lizzie and yeah really really useful episode lots of tips about um supporting children with special education needs in schools and the strategies she uses and her experience as well as a bit about bake-off anyway (laughs) thanks for listening to sending the experts with me georgina durant and see you next time